Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. Yeah, you hear that song, you know there are good things happening on the radio. Welcome to Heart Health Radio. I'm Dave Alexander. And here is Dr. Franklin Weefold. How you doing, doctor? I'm doing really, really well. Right now, you're going to envy me. What's I'm that? I'm looking at waves rolling in and nice white sand. He's at the beach. Are you socially distancing? Uh, yes. Now, the closest tent, and yeah. I'm in a tent. Well, now I'm under an umbrella, but we have a tent for the babies. The closest person's at least 200 yards. Good for you. Unbelievable. That's the best part about being at the beach. Sometimes you can just right. get away from everybody. Yeah, and so, you know, I've got my kids, my grandkids, and we all got tested Thursday. So really? we all went and had the PCR accurate test Thursday. We were in negative results by Friday, so we're not wearing masks in the house. Right. We're actually not going to restaurants, but when we went to the grocery store this morning, we all wore masks. and. You know, you can do this. We can live. We can move forward and enjoy our lives in the midst of a pandemic, and it is still going on. Mm-hmm. But America the Beautiful, don't miss it. On today's show, we're going to talk about whether you do or do not need eight hours of sleep. Obviously, we're going to spend some time on COVID, and churches are getting rebellious. Oh, yeah. It's almost as if they've, 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 they've like everybody else, are just getting sick and tired. And uh, let me just start out with the uh, story that there is a church in Los Angeles. Uh, John MacArthur is the preacher. He's lawyering up because the L.A. County District Attorney is threatening jail time and a $1,000 daily fine for in-person church services. What do you think about this? Okay, I have two two I'm sort of opposite sides of way of looking at it. Yes. In that one of the great things about this country is that it was founded on religious principles. Yes. And that we still and and should um, underpin all of our laws and all of our morals on yeah. the sense of God being good and loving America and Americans loving God and so there is this urge that, that is primeval in us to go to church okay. and to share our love of the Lord with our parishioners and, and to hear the Word of God from our preachers. And yet, what we need to do is take into account that we need to protect each other health-wise as well. So I get these questions all the time. Is it safe to go to church? And I tell my patients, try to stay six feet apart, wear a mask when you sing, be very careful to make sure your mouth is covered. You can sing with a mask on. Um, right. I've even talked on the phone with a mask on. And, you know, the, the giving, the sharing of the peace, turning around, shaking hands, you can wait. You can say the, the peace, you know, verbally through a mask. And just be careful. Right. And the one thing I will also tell people is that I've had patients say, I'm very religious, I believe in God, God will protect me from the coronavirus. And it's my feeling that, that if that is what you believe, then more power to you. But remember, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That's what it says in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And that means that we can't choose 
whether we're going to get sick or not. God doesn't tell us why. That's a mystery. So do the things you can to protect yourself and, and worship in your own way and do what you need to do for your own spiritual health. But be careful. Be careful. Very good. Can I talk about the show for just about a minute? Yeah. All right. This is Heart Health Radio. We've been talking about the Heart Health Radio Network for more than a year. And in fact, we're finally gluing some of the pieces in place. We start this weekend in Goldsboro, uh, Sunday morning at 9 o'clock on Carolina's Greatest Hits, 98.3 or 98.3 FM is how they say it. Um, And that's 9 o'clock Sunday morning. We're also going to the coast. Folks in New Bern are going to hear us, Little Washington and and beyond, um, all the way up to the coast of Virginia uh, on a group of radio stations called Talk 96.3 and 103.7. And then, before the month is out, in fact, it's going to be the following week, not next week, but the following, we're going to start on the Truth Network, which puts us on stations in Charlotte, Greensboro, and Richmond. And that will be a Saturday at 3 event, and we're going to get them the the show that airs now, that we're doing right now. We're going to get it to them by 3 o'clock, and they're going to air the show. So I want folks to know that they can jump in wherever you're hearing this. By the way, Apple Podcasts also, hearthealthradio.com. I've got two telephone numbers I'm going to give out in just a little bit. One telephone number is for right now in Raleigh, 919-860-9783. I'll give out another number later in the show, which is just for folks who are listening on the podcast. So they can call it call us anytime. You won't be there, Dr. Weefald. I'll be there answering the phone. We'll get these folks on the radio. So we're, you're, going to, you're going to know what it was like for me for 30 years to be always on call. Amen. Amen. I don't that, mind it. I don't bad. mind it's it. It's not bad. It's, you when, don't think so? All right. When you're, when you're 60, you know, it gets a little old. But you're you're still a whippersnapper, so you okay. can handle it. Do we need eight hours of sleep, and does my circadian clock ever need new batteries? Well, this was in a very interesting article, and I kind of knew this, but I think I got caught up in the, uh, everyone's the same as far as sleep mode is concerned. Yeah, And you realize that can't be true. Um, sleep is complicated, but basically, the deep, deep sleep is what we need. We don't need to dream. Well, yeah, we need to dream. That's, that, that's not refreshing, though. The deep, deep sleep, you have to be paralyzed, breathe through your nose. And most people need 20 minutes of that three times a night. Right. So what if there were people who could cycle through that quicker and say, I can. Now, I need eight hours of sleep. And I guess my biggest problem in life is I was on call all the time. I Sometimes as a resident, I'd be 36 hours up with only about six hours of sleep after that. Wow. So naturally, I was insane, uh, but I was a good doctor still. Anyway, um, I think that there are probably people who will tell you, I got four hours of sleep last night. I feel fine. They're healthy. They don't fall asleep in the afternoon. They don't have a morning headache. Yeah. So I think everybody needs to find their own time needed. And the best way to do that, I'm going to tell you, if you go on vacation without all the problems that you have, the first two days you might sleep longer. But then find out, you know, how many hours did you sleep 
when you woke up feeling great and had energy all day. Right. And then rearrange your schedule around that time. Because I can tell you now, eating, breathing, sleeping, these are essentials. And people think may think sleep is a waste of time. You will waste the rest of your time by not being at your best and being the person you want to be if you don't get the right amount of sleep for you. Is it odd to report that when I've lost sleep, when I don't get my approximately eight hours, yeah. I'm dumb. I well, literally not, I yeah. can't remember people's names. Yeah. Well, I can't remember people's names anyway, Fred. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean but yes, because the, the brain, when it requires all that energy to do thinking, Yes. The neurons are firing. There are more neuron connections in your head than there are stars in our galaxy. Think about that. And so when we're in that deep, deep sleep, our mind shuts down. There is something called the midbrain, and that looks like a reptile brain. It's, it's a tiny thing that controls breathing spontaneously. Yes. The muscles are paralyzed. And when the brain finally shuts down, it shrinks a little. And these channels open up and yeah. drain all the toxins that developed during the day as a waste product of our brain function. So when you haven't slept, mm -hmm. those toxins are still there, and all those connections we need to make our brains work are impaired. So wow. you're absolutely right. And here's the thing. When I was a resident, and I needed to adapt very quickly to someone you know, changing uh, in my before my eyes, and I had to quickly respond. After 36 hours of no sleep, what the heck? Yeah. And so I never made mistakes, and I had backups. But thank God they have now said nobody stays up all night. They have a night crew. They have learned how to hand off, and I think we're going to get better care that way. I've got a family member who is a resident now. Hello. And he's not literally a resident. Because okay. he doesn't live at the hospital. Well, that's what they used to do. Right. Okay. So at Johns Hopkins, where everything started, you know the term rounds? Yes. Doctors make their rounds. Yep. Well, you know what that came from? The hospital was round. And so this guy, William Osler, used to get at the hospital, and he'd walk around the hospital, which was a donut, yeah. uh, just like the Apple headquarters, and he would make his quote-unquote rounds. Well, residents actually lived in the hospital. There were rooms upstairs from the patient rooms, and you could not leave. And not only were you not uh, on call every third night, you were on call all the time. If your patient crashed, you had to be there. They woke you up. They got you out of dinner. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's there, she's a resident, but not a resident. Right. Right. That's the title now, but you, you can go home, which is a yeah, wonderful thing. Better sleep, and you better have time with your family, and you better listen to Heart <laughs> Health Radio. Yeah, that's right. Be a good doctor. Yeah, you know. Right? Well, he, he and his wife have a toddler and a newborn, so wow. you know, staying away from the house is not in the picture to begin so they're with. Not sleeping, they're but not they're not sleeping because sleeping. of the baby. No, they're not. Coming up right here on Heart Health Radio, we're going to have the shame segment. There are a couple of stories I've picked out. One it mentions in Obama. I've got nothing against the individual, but I'm just telling you this was just a misstep. It makes you look foolish when you're trying to 
identify with somebody. Maybe you're personalizing your experience, and you end up sounding just wrong. Um, wrong. Also, Swedish single-payer medicine. I know you want to talk about that. We're also going to talk about a tick-borne illness, a tick-borne virus that's starting in which major country, sir? China. Oh, it begins with a C and ends with an A. China. 60 people infected, seven dead already. It's a brand new disease. And people are getting sick and dying by swallowing hand sanitizer. We got to talk about that in just a minute. This. I mean, I, I what? just swallowed some. You did? No. I'll tell you what. More than anything else in the world, I'm getting sick, of, sick and tired of my chicken wings tasting like hand sanitizer. <laughs> All my finger food tastes like hand sanitizer. All that's coming up on Heart Health Radio in just a few moments. Also, Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health News on Heart Health Radio and the Heart Health Radio Network. Get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to Heart Health Radio. Dave Alexander along with Dr. Franklin Weefald. And believe it or not, doctor, people are getting sick and even dying after swallowing hand sanitizer, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. What do you think about this? Well, it's not only uh, dying from drinking it. These are hand sanitizers that do not contain regular alcohol, (laughs) you know. Right. These have methanol or isopropyl alcohol. Now, do not buy a hand sanitizer if it has methanol. It'll kill you. Isopropyl alcohol, you shouldn't. The reason why is regular old alcohol you buy on the shelf is isopropyl, but you only use a little. Methanol will be absorbed through your skin, too. So don't even drink the one that's got ethanol in it, okay? It's just not right. Okay, hold on just a second, because I want to make sure that we get this, because you're on the phone today because you're at the beach. Methanol starts with an M, good or bad in a hand sanitizer. Horrible. Horrible. Methanol is, methanol is a poison. Okay. Uh, they use methanol, believe it or not, in racing cars. Uh, it burns great. And so it's great if you like NASCAR. It's sure. It's bad if you want to sanitize your Okay. So, ethanol. Really I, got, I got to ask this question clearly. Ethanol, starting with an E, good or bad? Good. Good. But okay. Enhanced sanitizer, yes. It's yeah. not as absorbed through the skin. Right. Don't drink it because it's alcohol. It's just like, you know, it's 70% alcohol. What are you doing? It's like Listerine. You can get drunk on Listerine. It's 70% alcohol. But why? Right. It's not good for you. It's not good for you. Well, the, you know, and the, some of the reporting says, well, maybe they were following the president's advice and taking in some sort of sanitation thing into their into their bodies. Okay. I can tell you right now that's hogwash. Yeah. Um, people have been drinking non-alcoholic beverages that contain alcohol yeah. for a since time immemorial. And the point I'm trying to make is they blame Trump for everything. You know, there's this whole series of little stickers that they put on commercial products now. Yeah. You know, the the blender has to come with a sticker that says, do not put your hand in the blender. Right. Well, I just got I just got some vitamins. Yeah, and inside the vitamins was were a, was a little cylinder that had holes in it. Yeah, and apparently that absorbs moisture. Big, huge sign: do not eat. Do I not mean, eat. come on. Yep. So, friends, 
do things that are smart. Don't be these people. All right. I, I don't want to say seem like I'm I'm picking on Mrs. Obama. I'm not. I'm actually picking on all celebrity people who want to be, you know, thought of as a regular person. Mrs. Obama says that she has got low-grade depression brought on by coronavirus pandemic, racial injustice, and the Trump administration. Yeah, and I, I think that she also made a point that Trump's responsible for the coronavirus outbreak, and that's what really got her down. Right. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you, I met Michelle Obama at Princeton. Uh, I knew her brother, who's a fantastic human being. Uh, David Robinson, his basketball player coach. Michelle graduated with highest honors. She went to Harvard. I think that there's this problem with social media, and you got to say something that all these crazy lefties believe so you can get what's called likes and followers. Mm-hmm. And if anyone's going to blame their depression on Donald Trump, they don't understand depression. Depression is a clinical illness. It's no different from diabetes. It's no different from hypertension. Right. Depression is a chem- wait, the, the common term is a chemical imbalance. We don't quite understand it, but restoring some of these chemical imbalances can help. Right. And so if she's depressed, she has an illness. Well, she has here's to that illness. How about this? Not what if she really what if she really means that, you know, depression in the colloquial casual term I don't feel happy, right? Okay, I think that that is something you shouldn't say. Because when you talk about depression, if you just mean that you're kind of mad and you're kind of ticked off and you're sad that this is going on, don't use the word depression. Right. Because people who have it, uh, I've had it. I've had it really badly. It is an illness, and it is no different, and it is nothing to be ashamed of. It is something that needs medical attention right away. Right. Now, that's another reason why I put her in the Hall of Shame. I mean, it's remember that story we had about that that uh, Yaley uh, OBGYN who said that Trump is to blame for the Hispanic women having miscarriages because it's stress from the fear of being, you know, sent back to Honduras. And, right. You know, it was Hispanics who'd been in the United States for you know a hundred years. And stop. You can't just point a finger at the President of the United States and say he's responsible for everybody's medical condition. It's craziness. And how about this? If you're not slightly affected by events of the world, you're just not paying attention. You're just not a human being. You don't have a pulse anymore. So it's not special to say that I'm down. I'm a little down. Um, Here's the thing. You're not a big fan of single-payer government medicine. Hate it. Which they have in Sweden. What's the story here? Okay. So, there were some hundred-year-olds in Britain who survived coronavirus. Uh, They did not make it to the intensive care unit. They were not intubated. The thing you have to understand about single-payer medicine, especially in Western Europe, is that it is rationed. And when an elderly individual got the coronavirus, uh, they often had an ethics committee get-together, and say, do we want to spend the resources on this individual? They are old, despite what their mental capacities were, right. despite their position in life. It was mainly a chronological age thing. Look at Britain's death rate. It's 15%. Ours is now down to 2 or 3% in terms of the cases now. 
And that is because we have evolved and we have utilized American ingenuity and developed so many different treatments that working together are saving tremendous amounts of lives. Right. And I hate to say it, if you want single payer, you better be ready to kiss your ma and your grandpa goodbye when somebody else makes that decision. It's a little bit different when it's the government versus your insurance company. Because the government has to marshal its resources. And they will say, we're going to spend, I mean, there's there's someone near to dear to me who is ventilated with COVID and has a tracheostomy now, and they're going to send him to what we call a ventilator facility while he recovers. And Blue Cross Blue Shield will spend the minimum of $1.5 million on his care. Now, he's unemployed, uh, but he has two wonderful kids. Right. Who makes that decision that his life is worth it or not? And when we get to single payer and when we have the money crunch, when there's an next recession and they're they're screaming about cutting back, they're going to say a 90-year-old should not be on a ventilator for three weeks. Now, ask their grandkids and their great-grandkids if they want them to live. They'll say, tough. We have to marshal resources and conserve resources so we can spend that money on vaccines for children. There are people who would say vaccines for children are moral, and keeping a 90-year-old alive on a ventilator is immoral. We we will be right back. Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783, 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefald, and we're working to connect with Rose Hoban of North Carolina Health News. But, Doctor, I just want to let folks know, if you're listening to this show, and you are, of course, but if you are listening at Saturday after 12 noon, here is the telephone number you should call to talk to us. 919-860-9783. Now, we've got the the Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts and at hearthealthradio.com. If you happen to be listening to the podcast, say, gosh, I'd love to call these guys, but, you know, I'll forget about it by next Saturday at noon. Here's the number, 919-745-7422. That's our new telephone number which connects with me, and we'll get you on the radio if you call that number. Specifically, if if you're listening either in Goldsboro or at the beach or in Charlotte, Greensboro, Richmond, all those places are now going to have this radio show on the air. Um, doctor, this thing about China, there are a couple of stories. One is that seven people have died and 60 have been infected by a new tick-borne virus in China. Should I be worried? I don't think so. Um, it's tick-borne. Uh, of course, China lied about person-to-person transmission with COVID. But tick-borne illnesses are almost never, and I'm never going to say never, never, right. uh, transmitted from person-to-person. So the vector, they call it, is a tick, and they, are what we, they eat what we call blood meals. They live off your blood. They right. bite you. Right. They take your blood out. But there's a mixture of their blood and your blood, and the viruses... The bacteria can get into you that way. So if a deer gets bit and the deer has Lyme disease, the tick carries it over to you, and then you get Lyme disease. 
But if you have Lyme disease and kiss your spouse, you cannot, at least as far as the literature states, give your spouse Lyme disease. Okay. In, in COVID, it's person-to-person, and that's how we got messed up. Asymptomatic person-to-person transmit. And, of course, as I've said before, half-jokingly, well, it's way over in China. It'll never, uh-huh. it'll never get here. Hey, one more thing about China. I'm on an antibiotic. Got a little bit of you know reason to have an antibiotic. Doctor wrote me a prescription. You suppose that was made in China? Oh yeah. Have we but basically put them in charge of our pill making now? Yeah. Did you hear about the Kodak situation? No. Kodak is going to start just like Fujifilm. Uh, they're great at making chemicals. And yeah. so the Trump administration ordered them $750 million to convert their factories to making the essential chemicals that we need to make our antibiotics and other health products here in the United States and take them back from communist China. And we need that because Absolutely. of this situation and others? I mean, don't we risk... If we don't make these things, we risk a situation like the PPE, personal right. protective equipment. The first thing the Chinese government did was gather up all the masks they could. Yeah. And, and they the could... other thing, I don't know if you remember this, there was a guy from the PLA, which is the People's Liberation Army. Yeah. He actually got on TV and made a, uh, a broadcast saying, you know, you, don't, you stop criticizing us, so we're going to cut you off from your antibiotics and you'll all die. That yeah. is a quote. Wow. So don't believe that the Communist Chinese Party is full of good people. They aren't. And we're not talking about, uh, well, first of all, we're not talking about anybody in Taiwan or Hong Kong. We're talking about mainland, but we're talking about the Chinese Communist Party, not the actual people in China. Okay, the the people in China, there's 1.5 billion of them, and 1.4.9, are excellent people. My mother came from Shanghai in 1949, the Chinese people for centuries, well, about millennia, yeah. have developed one of the highest uh, focal uh, situations of society. The Chinese Communist Party has been around for about 100 years. Yeah. I think they have now their kill rate is about 65 million, killing wow. their own citizens. Wow. They have imprisoned a million Muslims in the western part of China. Right. A million are in prison because they are Muslims. That is wrong. And it's the Communist Party, not the people. Right. The watermelon diet. I want to talk to you about a couple of diets. I want to talk about the watermelon diet. And we'll let you know, you sent this article to me. I searched for it. And that same website did about 15 different articles on the watermelon diet. What is this? And why should it be good for you? A patient came in and had lost 100 pounds in six months. Wow. And I just, you know, tapped him on the shoulder and said, great, because I thought it was all no-no, you know, the no-no diet, no no flour, no sugar, yeah. uh, no white rice, no white potatoes. And he said, no, I did it on the watermelon diet. And I went, come on. And so he told me, he read about this, and instead of any sugar, uh, instead of any snacks, right. he loved watermelon. Watermelon is 90 to 95% water. Yeah. There are only a few calories per serving. There's not a whole lot of sugar in it. It's okay. a, you know, and he did this, and he ate three watermelons a week instead of all the snacks, and so it was essentially a no-no. But it was kind of a uh, a a modified no-no, and right. he lost a hundred pounds. 
So there are a lot. What did you read about? I only read one article. What did you find out about it, Dave? I read promises that you can lose weight and reduce inflammation. And this is one that I always question. Cleanse your body of toxins. Well, let me tell you this. I did ask him. I said, how many times are you using the bathroom? And he said, oh, it's fantastic, six times a day. He loves it. Now, you know, there are old men who get to be obsessed with their bowels. And so if you are, <laughs> and you want to do the watermelon diet, you're going to be happy. Really? Okay. All right. I, uh, I have a question whenever somebody says that, because I hear a lot of fake medicine, sometimes on the radio, sad to say, from yeah. people who are trying to sell me one product. And you know something? If you take that product she's going to notice the difference, too. Whatever it is this week. I would stay away from that. Whatever it is this week. And they all promise they're going to cleanse my body of toxins. Do I need my body cleansed of toxins? Okay. Why? Can we get a little clinical here? Um, Because I want to tell you about this, okay? You went to med school just so you could, yes. Yeah. The liver cleanses us of a lot of toxins. There are. Um, multiple ways the liver will break down a poison product and get it out in your system. It goes through the veins, then the heart, and then the kidneys and the liver. The kidneys and the liver break down toxins. But one of the things people don't realize is that when you evacuate your bowels, you are getting rid of toxins. Yeah. So next time, listeners, when you go to the bathroom, number two, Ask yourself, do you feel better? And they've done studies. And there are things called octreonemes. I don't know what the heck they are, but they're measures of toxins in your bloodstream. Right. If you go number two, the levels of octreonemes plummet after you've evacuated. Okay. So the answer, the simple answer is yes. The normal functions of our system, uh, getting rid of uh, number two, uh, evacuating your bowels and urinating, is to get rid of the poisons. And that's why when your kidneys fail, you got to go on dialysis. Yeah. Uh, when your gut fails, that's a pretty serious problem. Um, you know, and, and so, yes, you need to get rid of toxins. But, but has it been proven that any of these products get rid of toxins? No. Thank so you. I don't know if you want to spend your money on it. Let me tell you what you spend your money on. Eat healthful foods. Sugar is a toxin. Right. It is. I, I eat a lot of sugar. Don't do what I... Uh, do do what I say. Um, white flour is a toxin. It builds up inflammation. But there are other toxins as well. Right. Pesticides, all these other things. Okay. Wait until you have problems with your health overall before you turn to medicines. I've always said that. But, you know, take care of yourself. Have a good daily bowel movement. Eat a lot of fiber. You know, make sure you drink a lot of water and, and, and have uh, a good urinary health. And you could be getting rid of toxins that way, not through a $200 a month pill. Very good. I've got a question about the Ohio governor, yeah. Mike DeWine. He tested negative. No, he tested positive, then positive. he tested negative. Yeah. So, How's that possible? It's possible. In fact, it happens all the time. There are two types of tests. One is what we call an antigen five-minute test. Yeah. What is that? The virus has a protein, a little, you know, uh, thing on its, uh, on its outside. It's a spike. And you can measure that pretty quickly in five minutes. 
And that test is only about 70% accurate. And what does that mean? If you're negative, you can still be positive. If you're positive, you can still be negative. Remember, all medical tests can have false positives and false negatives. That's one of the problems with the flu test that you get in the doctor's office. I don't do them because if you're negative and you got the symptoms, you still got the flu. And so what happened was he was about to meet President Trump. He got a five-minute test. It was positive. Mm-hmm. Everybody screams and yells, and, and the liberal press gets on board and says, see, these Trumpites, they're going to kill each other. Great. Well, then he got the test that I do, and I only do this test. It's called a PCR test, and it measures the actual genetic material of the virus up your schnoz. It is about 95% accurate. Some people say it's even more accurate. That test was negative. So the governor's in the clear. And thank God, because we talked earlier in, in uh, our conversations about how he intervened on the medical board in Ohio. And I guess if you want to talk about that, we can later on. All right. Sounds good. We'll do that in just a moment. So PCR test is a good thing. Is the thing that I'm going to ask for when I ask? Yes? What's that? The PCR test oh, is the okay. one I want to ask for. I don't I want just, the five-minute thing. I just thing. got distracted by a seagull. I'm sorry. It's okay. okay. What you want to – yeah, you should, just if you say, I don't want the rapid test, right. there's only one other test, and that's the PCR test. And okay. unfortunately, uh, you're lined up at CVS, and they're swabbing your schnoz, and it's taken two weeks to get the test back. Yes, it is a PCR test, um, but no, it's not quick. Okay. I'm going to say this now. I've never advertised my practice. No, no, no. Um, I'm not going to give out my phone number. If you really want an overnight test, uh, email me at D as in dog, R as in Robert, W E F as in Frank, A L D as in dog at gmail.com. I'll set you up. Come out to my practice. I'll walk out to your car. You roll down the window a crack. I'll test you. I'll take your insurance information and they'll pay for it. And I will give you the answer. If you have it done before 5 p.m., I'll have the answer by noon the next day. Very good. Thank you, Dr. Weefald. We're up in just a few moments. I think we've made connection with Rose Hoban. We'll get her on in just a little bit. Uh, and some more fun. We're going to talk about where we're going with this thing and where we're likely to be in another few months in just a bit on the Heart Health Radio Network. Did you know that obstructive sleep apnea increases the risk of heart failure by 140%? I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Center in Cary. If you or your spouse is one of the millions having trouble sleeping, come see our office and have a sleep consultation. Get the sleep you deserve and need at parkwaysleep.com. Book your appointment today and see how we could possibly save you hundreds. Parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health. Summer is still sizzling, and Kid Expo has gone virtual to offer your kids fun-filled days of puzzles, games, challenges, and chances to earn coins for prizes all online. Go to www.nckidexpo.com now to check out WakeMed Children's awesome Twinkle Challenges for Kids and Teddy Bear Tips for Mom and Dad. Every Tuesday, Kid Expo will have story time live on Facebook at 10 a.m. Learn to dance, new karate moves, and scavenger hunts will all be online at www.nckidexpo.com. Sponsored by Fun for Raleigh Kids and Wake Med Children's. 
Caring for a loved one can be challenging and at times overwhelming, especially during times of the pandemic. We're here to provide you the resources you need as you navigate life's changing needs. The Alzheimer's Association, Transitions Guiding Lights, the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina, and Transitions Life Care invite you to our first ever virtual caregiver summit, and it's completely free. There you'll connect with experts, resources, and other caregivers. Go to caregiversummit.org. That's caregiversummit.org for more information and registration. This is Greg Trzinski from the Original Mattress Factory. Our entire team would like to thank you for the support you have shown us over the last few months. The safety of our customers and employees remains our top priority. We have implemented safety measures in our stores, factories, and throughout the delivery process. We are monitoring the latest guidance from healthcare officials and local governments, and we will adjust our policies and services accordingly. Please visit originalmattress.com or give your local store a call to learn more about these measures. Well, you know you make me wanna kick my heels up and down. This is the part of the radio show where we just say, "Hey, people are doing good things all over the place," and it is our shout-out segment. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Doctor Franklin Weefall. Doctor, do you have somebody to shout out today? Yes, I do. Um, Edward Felicki, if you're listening, I'm shouting you out. You're 90. Two years old. Wow! You are a fib survivor and doing great. Um, he, he's uh, everybody pray for him. His wife is ill, um, and she's never been sick in her entire life except for high blood pressure. And what I want to let everybody know is that prayer helps. Um, Ed uh, Word Flicky and his wife are wonderful people. Yeah. And I saw him the other day. He's uh, holding up. His family is supporting him, and he's a prime example of how you can live to be a nonagenarian, that means at 90 years old, well, with significant health problems. If you have a great connection to a physician and one you trust and one who is willing to send you to other doctors when uh, he or she needs help. Very good. Rose Hoban joins us from North Carolina Health News, as she does every week when the technology allows. Hi, Rose. Hi, how are you? She's, hey, she's had the most frustrating 20 minutes trying to reach us, but I'm glad you're here. Hey, let's talk about what's up on the website right now, which is a mandate from North Carolina that nursing home providers actually get tested for COVID. Yes. Like, yes. Do, do they realize they should have done this six months ago, or was it just physically not possible, or... Well, I think that, well, first off, they're, they're going to test all the workers. Right. Because as the secretary made the point that, um, you know, they're the ones who are coming in and out, right? So they're the ones who are most likely to be bringing it into the facilities. Um, yeah, I'm like, uh, this could have been done a couple months ago. Wow. Um, the one thing I will say is that, you know, a lot of these workers, the nurses' aides and whatnot, are they're low-paid workers, mm-hmm. and many of them don't have insurance. So I do know that there has been pushback from the nursing home and and uh, adult care industry um, because they didn't want to have to pay for it. So part of it, I think, has been wrangling about the money. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, and that we did ask the secretary the. I, I said that you know I had a technology problems um, yesterday on the 
the the conference call, the the, the conference press conference with the secretary. Yes. They got to the Q and A part, and they had no people on the line because they had a problem. Um, so we reporters got a, a, some time just on a conference call with the secretary, and I asked her that, and um, you know, they, she did talk about the whole problem with. Um, finding the money to pay for it, so there's that. But yeah, you know, this could have this could have happened a long time ago, right? Um, and you know, there have been logistical issues. They've tried to do it in other states, taken longer than they think, you know, than they would initially anticipate. And yeah, uh, and they have done testing of everybody already. They've completed that. They went through and they tested everybody residents and staff in yeah. every nursing home across the state. Let me just remind that Rose Hoban is with North Carolina Health org, And if you just search for North Carolina Health News, you might end up with some random group that's not as good as Rose's group. North Carolina Health org, And they always have updates. And it's just it's a free service and they're just excellent people. I want to ask Dr. Weefald, while Rose is here, where are we headed with this, doctor? You mean the whole COVID thing? The whole COVID thing. Are we going to knock right. this out by January? Or are I, I we am, are we going to be locked am, down in November? I don't think so. I think right now, um, and Rose can correct me after I uh, finish my spiel, I think we're seeing the cases finally starting to come down in number. We're finally starting nationwide and in certain states. Um, that hasn't happened yet, but I think we're headed in the right direction. I think that we're seeing the percentage of tests that are positive going down. Uh, we've had a slight uptick in the number of deaths, but the death rate is still going down because we've become so much more adept at treating it and with so many more things to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step out and stick my neck on the line. I think we're going to have five uh, vaccines at work. Uh, and I think we're going to get them pretty quick. I think that we're going to see uh, pretty quickly they'll stop the trials. And the reason why they'll stop the trials is they have an endpoint of a 50% reduction in infective capabilities. So that means 10,000, 30,000 people with the placebo shot, 10,000, 30,000 people with the uh, vaccine, and then 50% fewer people getting infected with the vaccine than with the saline shot. Once that happens, that's the benchmark the FDA has declared they will approve the virus. They've, I mean, the vaccine. They've already been proven safe. That was phase two. Right. Phase one was getting the dose so it didn't make you sick in terms of fever and nausea. Phase two was to make sure it didn't cause uh, other unhealthful side effects. Phase three is what we call efficacy. And we are in the midst of phase three with lots of different vaccines. So here's what I think. We're going to start vaccinating, I think, earlier than Dr. Fauci says. I think he's being cautious. He doesn't want to say November and then have it be February and then, you know, everybody rips him. I think we're going to get it. I think it's going to turn the corner. Uh, and, you know, I'm an optimist. Uh, I think that God challenges us and we respond. And I really think I'm sitting on the beach right now, so I'm an optimist. Of course he is. He's on vacation. I've been in in the grocery stores. Everybody's wearing a mask. (laughs) People are so friendly. Okay. I got one thing. Rose, don't you think that if we, uh, the government paid Gigi Hadid or one of these other influencers a million bucks and say, come up with some masks that look hot, 
put them on TikTok and get these <laughs> other young people to wear masks. Do you think that's a good idea? I do. I, you know, I think they are. I think they are trying to sort of reach influencers and get them to, you know, talk to young. I think young people, boy, they're really. We, you know, I live in Chapel Hill, and I said to my husband last night, "Come on, let's take a walk down Franklin Street." And I really wish I'd had a click counter because we were like, "Okay, masks, no masks." Up, oh, sitting outside in a group, no masks, masks, right? And so I don't know. It was about sixty forty masks, no masks. Yeah. Well, they fixed distancing. Uh, no. no, they were holding hands. Well, well, hanging out, you know, looking at their phones together. So yeah. I think, you know, there's that. I think that's going to be a challenge. I Can I, you, can I, piggy, can I piggyback on your, your predicting? Yeah, your sure. Prediction? Go ahead. So we're coming into flu season, right? Part of, uh, I'm wondering... You know, every, there's a big worry about, like, will flu piggyback on the COVID and have the winter be horrible? But if everyone's wearing masks, do you think that could... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were absolutely right. In fact, you know what? It's flu season in South America, and guess right. what? It's very low. And not just because people are vaccinated. The vaccination rate is up a little bit. But the amount of flu in the hospitals, the amount of flu in the clinics is way down. I wish I could give you a number. But I think, Rose, you hit the nail on the head. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised if we can continue to social distance, continue to use masks, continue to wipe up, and get vaccinated. We're going to see, eh, perhaps, and don't don't hold me for this, but if it's like in South America, I think we're going to see a very monthly season. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Um, I don't know if you folks get our newsletter. You can sign up for our newsletter on the site. And I did like a little roundup of research that was out there. And uh, a guy I know who's at NC State interviewed one of their um, researchers, faculty members, and she talked about, I think one of the things that's going to be a challenge is the logistics of getting people vaccinated. Yeah. Right? We, because think about it. You've got, to, you've got to scale up huge numbers of people. Yeah. Who gets the vaccine first? Obviously, frontline workers like physicians and doctors and folks like that. So then who's the next wave? And then how do you get it out to people? So there's people thinking about that now. I'm glad but, they are because I hadn't thought about it. Right, right. right. But that, that's going to be that's going to be a challenge. We are just about out of time. Rose, thank you again. That's North Carolina Health News dot org. See you next week. See you next week, fellas. All right, I appreciate Bye-bye. it. Dr. Weefold, I want you to enjoy your beach trip. I do. Yeah. I want you to enjoy it. Yeah. Are you back Monday yeah. seeing patients? I'll be back, actually, <laughs> Monday, but not this coming Monday, the week after. What day is that? Yeah, I don't See, know. Today's the 8th, 9th, 10th. I'll be back the 17th. All right. Thank you, doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.